Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people all working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story, about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and the stories in the Bible helps us to know more about Jesus and what it means to be his followers today. And in this episode, we're still talking about King David. Yeah. Yeah. Man, King David. Uh, this this has been a good couple episodes. I mean, he's, he's you know, I know he's got a man after God's own heart. Man after God's own heart. Like you said, but like anointed by God to be the king. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he kills Goliath. Cut off a homie's head. And then he's the great general. You know, remember the women with the tambourines singing? He slayed his ten thousands. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Then he showed mercy to, to Saul when he could have not. Could have killed him in a cave. So great guy, again. Became king. And God makes this whole brand new covenant. Covenant with him. Covenant, covenant. About like being this forever king that's coming up after him in his line. He's in the line of kings, oh. He's top. He's the man. He's the guy. He's the hero. He's the man. He's the man. I have some bad news. Does David die? Is this like a season finale? David's gonna die. I'm not like emotionally prepared yet for that because he's just like the man. Well, David definitely died, but that's not the bad news we're talking about today. You know, when okay. you're watching a show and the good guy, the hero does something bad and you're like, ah, uh, that, that didn't seem quite right. I wish he would have uh, done that. Yeah. Okay. Like, on, I don't know if you've been watching Mandalorian, but like when oh, yeah. the baby Yoda that uh-huh. everyone's in love with. I feel like we glazed over the fact that Baby Yoda kept eating that lady's, like, the frog lady's, like, baby eggs. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. I was kind of like, dude, someone needs to step in. Yeah, that that is a big deal. Well, in the story of David, he definitely takes something that belongs to someone else, but but it gets worse. Worse? A lot worse. <sighs> Let's check out the story in 2 Samuel chapter 11. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with them in all of Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. So this is weird. It's, it's well, first of all, it's springtime yep. when the kings go out to battle. Um, and is that like a, put it on your calendar. I know it's summer now, but <laughs> yeah. hey, come spring, I'm coming for you. Come spring. Flowers are blooming, birds chirping. Kings are heading out to just kick some tail. Well, I mean, evidently, who wants to fight in the winter, right? You got to walk so far and camp outside in the cold. If you're camped out in the cold weather, it, it's hard to stay warm. Yeah. yeah you got to so really be decked out for you that. You really have to be decked out. So if you're going to have uh, a war, spring seems like a good season to do that in, I guess. I don't know. I, I, so, so it says that the kings went out to battle, but David stayed in Jerusalem. What's the deal? Like, I thought... He's the, he's a leader of the army. He's the king. Right. Well, see, the author is telling us something. David wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And when you read that, you might you might go, uh, uh-oh. Oh, no. That doesn't seem quite right. David sent his army off to handle this business, and then he stayed home in his palace, which was the largest and tallest and most opulent building in all of Jerusalem. Ooh, opulent. Yes. That means, like, fancy. It does mean fancy. I like it. 
It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? What is he doing? Like, he's not supposed to be hanging around in the right place. Right. And then he's like asking about this beautiful woman that he sees. Yeah. And like, which that's kind of like, you know, today, I guess he'd be like hopping onto her Facebook or Instagram, checking out who this person is. Yeah. But I, he, I thought he was married. He, he is married. Yes. Well, married guys, like, you know, me and you are married. Right. We're not asking about other ladies. (laughs) I'm not inquiring about other women. And, and especially not other women who are also married. Yeah, she's married. Like Bathsheba's married. is wrong with David? And what kind of name is Bathsheba? Okay, think back to some older episodes. Women who have weird names are often involved in some weird stuff. <laughs> the crazy stuff happens. That's this right. is well, not... Uh, come on, man. I hate to break it to you, Eric, but it gets worse. No, it didn't. It don't. Yeah, he doesn't just ask about her. David wants Bathsheba to be his wife. He actually decides, done, she's going to be my wife. She's already married. Yeah, well, he's got to do something about that. What do you mean, like, do something about it? Like, yeah, help them to get, like, a div- like a divorce? Did they do divorces? Wait. Is this going to be another... Murder scene? You have no idea. David decides to get his army commander, Joab, involved. He comes up with this plot to have Uriah killed. And so he sends a sealed letter with specific instructions to Joab to... Make sure this happens the right way. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw him back from him that he may be struck down and die. (laughs) So not only has he written this letter, which is a total mess. Yes. Train wreck. And then he goes, uh, give it to the guy who it's about. And you're going to go deliver this letter to Joab. Right. With instructions of your own death. Yeah. And he had no clue. I told you this was bad. This is screwed up. He delivers the letter. Joab reads it. And then he gets his soldiers to attack this city. Puts Uriah up front where the fighting is so intense. And exactly what David had planned happens. Listen. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of his city came out and fought with Joab, and some of his servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. So he stuck him in like a a little leaguers against the major leaguers type situation. So he knew he was going down. Like, yes. and then they and they kind of like then they just like jump back. Right. It's like your like the offensive line opens up so that your quarterback just gets boom, boom, laid out. And then not only him, but it's like multiple multiple people died. Right. That's right. It wasn't just Uriah that was killed. Some of David's other soldiers died too. All right. Okay. <laughs> Is there any chance? I mean, pa- just walk, go with me. Are you sure we're talking about the right David? The one who killed Goliath. He was a king who had a heart like God's. And if, you know, like I've met a lot of Johns. Yeah. A lot of Josephs, a lot of Simons in the yeah. Bible. Maybe this is like, you know, David Reynolds instead of David <laughs> Johnson or something. No, no, uh, so, no this, Eric, so different guy. No, I'm sure we're talking about the the same guy. Well, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just 
I don't know if I buy it. So I can't believe that David took another man's wife and then he has him killed. But does she even want to be his wife? Well, the Bible says that when Bathsheba heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she lamented over her husband. Like even points out in this, calls Uriah her husband multiple times. Yeah. She was sad about the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy to me that a king can just get away with something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's part of life with a king that we have trouble relating to because yeah. the king can do anything he wants. And in the eyes of his people, I mean, he pretty much gets away with whatever he wants. But David didn't get away with this in God's eyes. Mm. You see, God sent this guy named Nathan, who was a prophet. He confronted David. And I'm going to read this really long passage. I want you to listen closely because Nathan, this prophet, tells a story to David, and he actually tricks him. Listen to this. It's in 2 mm. Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, David, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and his children, It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. And then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, David, you are that man. (sighs) Trickery. Yeah, man. Nathan got him. Yeah. Tells him the story about a rich guy who had lots of lambs who took a a lamb from a poor guy that only had the one lamb. And David got upset. He was ready to bring justice upon the situation. He's like, that's not fair. Yeah, he's all bowing up. Yeah. He's like, it's, and then like Nathan's like, it's you. It's you. You're the man. You're the man. I was like, oh, that's just one of those just like feel the air just suck out of the room. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah. For all the bad that has happened in this story, this right here, this moment, we start to see something good happen. You see, David is, instantly heartbroken. Yeah. He realizes exactly what he's done. He knows that he's wrong. He knows that God is upset with him and he's now faced with a choice. What is his choice though? Well, it's the same choice that we all have every time we sin and we realize it and we begin to feel terrible and guilty about what we've done. We have this choice. Will we hide from God or will we turn to God? So I, you know, I remember in the very beginning, way back, Adam and Eve, they hid from God. Yeah. Uh, David didn't hide or run from God. Instead, he did the opposite of what Adam and Eve did. He turned directly to God. He prayed and asked for forgiveness, and he actually wrote his prayer down, and we can read it today. It's found in Psalm chapter 91. Listen to this, and I want you to imagine David praying these words, saying this directly to God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So, you know, when when I when I make mistakes, when I mess up, I my inclination is is not to kind of is is I want to run and hide. I don't yep. want to like necessarily run to God. You know, you kids listening to this, like you know, when you make a mistake, even at home, <laughs> do you immediately go run and tell your parents? No way. No, man. You're like you're like I'm gonna. I gotta figure this thing out. How can we? cover this up how yep. can we get rid of this evidence or or you slap your brother and then like you start crying <laughs> it was his fault uh you know it, but it's like uh i love how david he said you know created me a clean heart you know he kind of like went from the he knew where the source of, of the change is going to be yeah which is pretty cool he knew that god was the only one who can now do something yeah, about who could, this who could make his heart clean yeah and so even though David had done these terrible things. He knew that God loved him. You know, I I bet that did make David feel better, even though I'm sure he felt terrible. Right. But it's like knowing that God was like still listening. He's going to listen to him. Yeah, that God's didn't, love didn't change. It didn't change. It also didn't make his bad decisions go away. He had to live with some really difficult mm-hmm. consequences later uh, because of the actions that we heard about in this story today. But... The one thing that never changed was God's faithfulness and his love for David, no matter what. No matter what. And that's that's a good lesson for us to learn that no matter what, we could turn to God because we know that he loves us. And we hear about that. We know this verse well, but it never never is any less powerful. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Yeah. And so everybody listening today, hopefully you hear in all of the craziness of David's story that God loves you. No matter what, even when things go bad, even when it's your fault, don't run from God. Turn to him. Well, join us in our next episode where we meet like David's son, Solomon. He's a really wise guy. He's a wise guy. Very wise guy. You've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church. 